What's good, everybody? It's Lopez here, host of the Undergun Line podcast, as well as D-Lo the Vet Bro Reacts. And um, today is supposed to be a reaction video, but um, today is an anniversary for me. And so I wasn't really feeling the mood to uh, to do a reaction video. And um, if if you're watching, which I don't know if I'm going to put this on the podcast platform as well or not, or just leave it here on the YouTube. But um, if you're watching, you see um, that I'm sharing my screen and it shows a story, which I'm going to go ahead and read to you all. Um, today is um, the day that changed my life 18 years ago. All right. Uh, by this time, 18 years ago, being that Baghdad is different, you know, way ahead of us time wise. Um, my day had already fucking flipped upside down. And um, anyway, with that said, it's um, I. I've talked about this a couple of times uh, on the podcast before, but really haven't gone too much in depth, I don't think. And um, plus, there's a lot of new new folks here. So I figure um. Why not just go ahead and get this out of the way? Because this is what this platform was for, you know, to um, my therapy without the therapist, as I like to call it. Right. So with that said, you know, um, go ahead and chill out, grab a coffee, uh, grab a pop or whatever, and chill out with me as I tell you about a story of January 5th, 2006. So let me preface this by saying that this was my first deployment. This is the first time I had gone out to uh, to war. And um, I had an idea of what to expect. You know, I couldn't wait to get into the action. That was my mentality. So with that said, when I joined the Army, I wanted to join to be in a combat MOS. Um, minus infantry. And that was because my brother, Romeo, Ramiro, uh, he was infantry in the army. And he, his guidance was, don't do it. You're not going to like it. I know you. You're not going to you're not going to enjoy it. And I wanted to be a tanker. But the closest thing I could get to that was artillery. Anyway, long story short, I saw the paladin, paladin tank, civilian mind. Anywho, um. I'm saying all that just to to let you know that while I was deployed on my first deployment, uh, we didn't do artillery, at least not in, not within my platoon. So my battery um, that I was in, or my battalion that I was in, I was in um the I was in Second Battalion, Seventy Seventh Field Artillery, out of Fort Hood, Texas, Fourth ID, and um, we only had two hot guns. All right, so. They already had their gun crew of who was going to be on there. I didn't make the cut to be on the gun crew because in the gun crew, you're just going to have your gunner, your chief, your driver, and your number one man. That's it. So my section was already set up with their gun crew. So they went out and handled their business. You know, they were out there on Fop Falcon, you know, sitting, um, sitting biscuits downrange. On the other hand, uh, those of us that weren't on hot gun, we were put on either PSDs or uh, convoy security. And basically that consisted or basically what it consisted of was that we were going to be escorting fucking trucks from point A to point B. And then hopefully we make it back to point A. Uh, 2006 was especially 
hectic out there in 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 Iraq. Uh, in Baghdad itself, we were introduced to something called EFPs. All right, they're an explosively formed projectile. What I can say about it is, is that it's a copper plate, and it's not just one that they put. So what they did was they would go ahead and make molds like they would cut out concrete on the curb all right and then they would make like molds of styrofoam on it then what they would do is they will hollow it out and put an array of like let's say six and what i mean by that is they would have like three canisters on top three canisters on the bottom all right and they would perfectly fit it inside that mold and they would stash it back where that concrete block was taken out of the curb Okay. Now, with that being said, they would spray paint that bad boy like grayish or, you know, to match the asphalt or the concrete that it was replacing. So you couldn't see it. Um, these fuckers were really smart, yo. And now the thing was that they had also put what they, what's called a PIR, a passive infrared. So what it is is basically, you know, how your, um, those sensors that they have like on garages. That when you walk by it, you know, it picks up the heat sensor and it turns on, you know, like those lights, the floodlights turn on and shit like that. Well, that's what it basically is. And what they did was it's like a quarter size fucking beam that would shoot pretty much across the 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 road. So these EFPs were normally placed in the middle of the road facing towards the the uh the the shoulder on the other side right so basically you were fucked because uh those things you can't outrun an efp all right you can't outrun it you cannot and i'm just prefacing this to let you know that um i'm trying to set up an idea of what happened now anyways so um a couple of days before prior to going on this mission um uh, I've told this story a couple of times as well. Uh, myself, Cruz, and Kowalczyk were on OP7 on Fob Union 3. And during that time, we took a fucking rocket towards us. And uh, luckily, we it missed us. It was an RPG. Um, and somehow or another, it fucking missed the OP bike by a foot, dude. And trust me, it... it we thought we were combat veterans at that point, all right, because it was um you just heard all the gunshots. So OP7, just to point a picture out, OP7 was a mosque. And on top of the mosque, facing towards Biop, which would have been facing, I guess, east maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because the river was to our left. I don't know what fucking way we were facing. It was facing toward, I'm pretty sure it was east. Anyways, um, because the river was to our left. And that's where they were shooting from. Anyway, so that's where they popped it from. And I remember, boom. And um, y'all you heard after was shh. And we just got dropped. Uh, old Revere, especially Revere at the time, um, at a 176 FA. He jumped on top of me and cruised and dropped us down to the floor. And then Kowalczyk dropped down and the rocket just flew right in front of the OP and fell on the other side outside of the fob. So luckily... It missed us, but, you know, we thought we were combat veterans now because we were shot at, you know, and, um, you know, by RPG and we survived it and whatnot. I mean, thankfully it missed. 
uh, Cruz was like, oh, man, did you see that shit? It flew right in front of us. And it was, you know, we were all excited about, about it or whatnot. Um, but anywho, uh, a couple of days later, we went out and we were doing what's called right seat, left seat rides. Okay. Left seat, right seat rides. They're just called fucking, you're basically shadowing the unit that we're replacing. And um, that way we understand what their TTPs are and how they run shit out there. Um, because prior to getting there, we were trained a certain way in Fort Hood of how things were going to be in Iraq. And then we got to Kuwait and they told us, forget all the training you did in Fort Hood. This is the way it's going to be when you get to Iraq. And that's what they told us in Kuwait. And then when we got to fucking uh, Baghdad, 176 said, forget all that training you learned. This is the way it's going to really be. Now, um, on this mission, uh, we were going from uh, we were going from Baghdad, where we were at. We were on Five Unit Three, which is um, the old Bath headquarters. Bath being the political party for Saddam Hussein. That that was his headquarters building. Um, it was an old bombed out fucking building that we were living on. Now it is on the IZ, okay, the IZ or the Green Zone, as people like to call it. It is in the IZ, and um, just because I lived in the IZ doesn't mean that we worked in the iz all right we were on the fucking roads all right now i say that only because a lot of people hear oh you were in the iz you were in a secure fob blah 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 yeah yeah we did sleep in a secure fob i'm not gonna lie about that but when we worked chief we were on them roads all right tampa Senators, freaking uh, shit, uh, Irish boy, do I remember Irish? I think all of us remember Irish, Irish, uh, shoot, um, yeah, I can't even remember Huskies, uh, anywho, y'all know if you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, Route Wild, fuck, anywho, um, we we're headed to a mission to uh camp taji we're supposed to go to camp taji from baghdad and um i was nervous as fuck you know i'm not gonna lie to you i'm not gonna sit here and bullshit you and tell you i wasn't nervous i was fucking i'd never been out you know out in the shit now there's certain expectations that i had you know of what i was gonna see out there and God damn. It was the Wild West out there in Baghdad, y'all. That's all I can say. It was the wild motherfucking West. I grew up, I was born and raised in South Central Los Angeles. All right. I did the knuckleheaded thing out there and I seen things out there and whatever, done things out there as well. But it didn't prepare me for what I was about to see this day. Um so I um let's let's go ahead and jump into it, man. I'm gonna go ahead and read uh what I wrote because if you if you have me on the social medias, on Facebook it's on the Gunline Podcast, um and on IG I think it's also on the Gunline Podcast. Uh, you'll you would have seen that I I dropped the uh, some notes. I was writing this yesterday, you know, because I was thinking about it. It's been on my mind. You know, I knew this day was coming. It's it's a fucked up anniversary, and um it's normally a day that I try to reflect. And hopefully I've done, well, let's just get to it. All right, so 18 years ago at this time, I was waking up on FOB Union 3, not knowing that in a few hours, my life, as well as many other soldiers' lives, 
and two families would be changed forever. Now, I do got to say this. Um, uh, there's a lot of typos that I made on there because I should have proofread it before I sent it, but I didn't. But anyways, um, from what I recall, it was uh, we had two KIA that day and 11 wounded. All right. The events that followed have lived with me and to this date haunt me. I bullshit you not. So prior to leaving on our convoy from Baghdad to Camp Taji, we did our little um, little huddle where we all got together and, you know, their PL got up there and uh, briefed the route, briefed the, the TTPs that we would have. And, um, you know, we all got prepped up. These guys only had a few more days to go before they were going home literally a few more days to go before they were going home and um they were really chill about this mission and you know I, I really hate saying that but they were really complacent about this mission i guess it was one that they ran a lot so you know there were fools taking orders like hey make sure you bring me some chips from the px and this and that and then um I remember uh, Doc Walker, you know, saying something about uh, Dirty Sanchez's and Hot Carl's. And um, that sticks out to me because it was the last thing I remember hearing him say. Anywho, um, you know, everybody was all pumped up, motivated. I was, you know, and I started getting more calm and, uh, you know, just starting to feel a little more. Um, a little more uh, relaxed. For this mission so um i was supposed to be in the lead vehicle but uh being that i was supposed to be the lead gunner for my platoon the pl decided hey lopez i want you to ride with me so you can see how the lead gunner controls traffic and what he does out there in that position so like roger that sir too easy so i went with lieutenant center sola and um holguin when in the front vehicle in my place so um there was a big convoy i think we were like two two gun truck platoons that were rolling we were going out there with some rhino buses up to camp taji and um so we all jumped in and i'm not gonna lie to you my right leg was fucking shaking y'all i mean i was shaking my right leg but my face didn't portray it at all you know it can't show fucking fear but my right leg was like bouncing up and down. So we got in, we combat locked our fucking Humvees. And um, I was sitting on the left side behind the driver's seat. And my PL, Lieutenant Center Solo, was sitting behind their PL. Um, so he was sitting in the rear passenger seat. I was sitting in the rear driver's seat, if that makes sense. All right. Okay, rear driver's side seat. And he was in the rear passenger side seat. And uh, we combat locked our... our our, our our doors and we took off you know headed out fob union three and I, like i said my leg was shaking y'all you know you just hear the i still hear the whizzing of the the humvee like you know if you've been in the humvee you know what i'm talking about so anyways um i'm just my eyes are just focused on that lead gunner that's all i'm focused on is the lead gunner because you know there's certain ways that you have to we had M16s, not M4s at the time. So I say that because the M4 is a little bit easier to. It's not as long as the M16. So anyways, 
Uh, I was just scoping out the way that Revere, because Revere was also the lead gunner, how Revere was going ahead and handling his business, you know, left, right, left, right, clearing shit. And this is why we were still in the IZ, because we had to go through the streets in the IZ in order to get out to the checkpoint where we're, we're going to be driving out of. And um, so, you know, we're following the lead vehicle. We go through that first traffic circle, and then we go out. Uh, I forget the name of the checkpoint that's there. Or I forget what uh, what ECP that is. I don't remember, to be honest. But I just remember uh, getting out, and we were on Blue 2, I believe, was the, road, the route. And we were taking Blue 2 up to Senators, and then from there, um, Vernon, I believe it was. I can't really remember. I know where we got. Well, anyway, so uh, the gunner on over here in Vehicle 2, his name was Keys. I remember him. And he comes into to play in this as well. But anywho, I, I'll continue. So, yeah, the events that followed um, have lived with me and to this date haunt me. So before I get to what happened there, to the next sentence. As we're driving up and coming up to this overpass, um, I remember the PL specifically. And I had Staff Sergeant Lopez was the driver for us. Their PL, I can't remember his name, Lieutenant Sanersola and myself. And um, I remember hearing um, the PL, he grabbed a hand mic. Hey, hey, everybody, keep your eyes open. We got EFP Alley coming up right here, IED Alley coming up right here. And everybody acknowledged, well, you know, like copy, good copy, good copy. To this date, I, I, I still get fucking chills going under overpasses, y'all. All right. 100% keeping it real with y'all. We went under that overpass. And, you know, I saw how, as we were getting ready to go under, I saw how the lead gunner, you know, scans the overpass to make sure there's no threat up there. There's no IEDs hanging. There's no threat. And then he drops down, comes back up, scans the other side. I'm like, okay, I'm taking mental notes on what's going on, you know. And um, so I'm just scoping out what the gunner is doing. So we're rolling. We pass the overpass. My gunner does the same thing. And we keep rolling, and I'm getting the fucking chills just thinking about this, y'all. But um, we hadn't passed that overpass maybe about 100 meters. And that's when uh, I just heard the thunge. You know, it, it's hard to explain the blast on how it sounds. But it's, I just remember hearing, like, the, the boom. And I said, fuck. And I looked out the window. And a, it's a small window on the Humvee, so you got to, like, really turn, especially with all that fucking gear on. You're trying to turn your head all the way around, and I look over, and I see the third vehicle. Um, We're going, let's say, north, right? Yeah, we're going north, and I saw the third vehicle get to the left into the median, go over the median onto the south side um, of the road, and crash into the fucking ditch. Bam. And, you know, during this whole time that I'm just saying IED, IED, IED. So, um, like, did, we, did they get hit? And, like, yeah, Vehicle 3 got hit. So, our vehicle, Vehicle 2, immediately just bust a bitch. So, we bust a U-turn. And my heart is fucking pounding, y'all. And the gunner up there, Keys, he's, like, traversing his uh, his cupola, making sure that he keeps his sector of fire. Because that's one thing, you're as a gunner, you got to keep your sector of fire no matter what. So, and, you know, he's scoping out what's going on. 
the lead vehicle kicked off about 100 meters ahead of us, you know, according to TTPs that we had. And um, they kicked off about 100 meters, maybe 50. I don't know how far. It wasn't too far, but it was, you know, it was far enough to where, you know, that they're away for it from any secondary or immediate threat, but uh, close enough to where, you know, they still had our back, our support. Anywho, so we turn around real quick. We bust a bitch and we pull right behind um, the third vehicle. And as we pull pull um pull over to the side of them, remember I told you we combat locked our fucking truck, right? So my PL um what I think he was having a hard time opening his fucking um his door because he was carrying a shotgun. He didn't have an M16 or M4. He had a shotgun, and the combat lock was in the way. Or his shotgun, the butt of the shotgun was in the way of the combat lock, so he couldn't unlock it. Eventually, it popped open. And they taught us 5 and 25s, you know, before we jumped out of the vehicle. 5 and 25 means you're going to do, you're going to scan 5 meters around and then 5 meters around after that. Or 25 meters after that. Look, y'all, that shit went out the motherfucking window, like, immediately. Because um, their PL jumped out fucking the driver jumped out as soon as we fucking like stopped behind the other vehicle to put you know to we were like behind them you know what i'm saying like providing cover and um so then i i popped my door and i jumped out with my m16 and i just remember well this is what pops up next on here all right from there i'm going back to here so i'll get back to the story i saw sergeant campos jump out of the gun truck and pull sergeant lopez out to attempt first aid the wound was untreatable. All right. So as I jumped out, you know, as we turned back and, and got to the um, to the third vehicle that was hit, Sergeant Campos, I remember he jumped out. And I don't know if he knew at the time that he was wounded already himself as well. But um, he grabbed the TC, which was Sergeant Lopez, E5 type, grabbed him and pulled him out. I could see Sergeant Lopez kind of like holding his throat. All right, and they placed them on the side. So for this story, I'm going to say Sergeant Lopez E5, Sergeant Lopez E6, and then me, Private Lopez. All right. Anyways, so he he laid Sergeant Lopez E5 type on the floor. Staff Sergeant Lopez, uh, uh, Sergeant Lopez E6 jumped out. That was his homie. You know what I'm saying? So he jumps out, and he's going over there to try to help him out to see what's going on. Stuck jumps out on, um, from the passenger side of the vehicle. The gunner, all right, the gunner, I saw him jump out of the cupola, off the top hatch, and he starts walking towards us, and, like, he's in tears, bro. And um, so he's, like, I just remember him holding his arm, holding his arm. It was, like, dangling, bro, just dangling. And the blood was just gushing, just gushing and gushing and gushing out of his arm. And um, it was a trip because I um, they didn't have um the IFAC. The IFAC was brand new RFI gear. They still had the fucking the old school snap with the tourniquet in there. So I grab, I try to grab my tourniquet, and I finally popped it out, and I put it on him and started twisting, twisting, and twisting. And then a little fucking stick broke. So that shit was no good. So the PL, Lieutenant Sandersola, he saw me and he threw he threw me his um his tourniquet. And that's a big no-no. We're not supposed to use our tourniquets on others, but this dude is fucking bleeding hard fucking core, bro. 
So I finally put the tourniquet on him. At the same time, I'm looking at Sergeant Lopez, E5 type. The wound, there was nothing we could do. Nothing. What fucking soever we can do. Because it had, um, it's going to be kind of graphic, y'all, just so y'all know. It had split his throat. Like fucking ripped it open. Like split it fucking open. All right. And the blood was just gushing. It was just fucking gushing. And, um, We started yelling for the medic, like medic, medic. And um, at this time, I'm putting the uh, the tourniquet, tourniquet, tourniquet. And it finally, you know, and then he sat down. I, I remember the gunner, dude. His name was Vasquez or Velasquez. I can't remember which one. But like he can't like he had like soot, you know, like just blackness from from the explosion, from the blast. Like the blast got them like fucking direct hit, bro. Anyway. Um, the wound was untreatable watching Sergeant Lopez taking his last breath as he bled out while I was trying to turn it at the gunner who was covered in black from the blast turning and yelling for doc with the others to assist with the wounded. Next part was the hard part seeing doc Walker take a few steps and then disappearing when the secondary went off. So like I told you, um, this is all happening simultaneously. Putting the tourniquet on. Uh, you know, calming Velasquez down or Vasquez. Just like, hey, I remember just, it's calm down, dog. It's cool. You know, we're okay. You're all right. You're okay. That's the training that they give us. You know, you want to calm them down, prevent shock. And then, you know, got to stop that bleeding. But at the same time, Sergeant Lopez is literally like three feet back there, four feet away from us. And like, he's bleeding out. I hear Sergeant Lopez, E6 type on top of him, like, no te vayas, no te vayas, you know, no, you know, um, and that in English means don't go, don't leave, don't go. And we start yelling, medic, medic. And I'm looking to my left up towards where the other Humvees are behind us. And um, Doc Walker started running to, to come and aid us. And that's when the secondary went off. The secondary went off right there, and it was just a big blast of darkness. And then uh, um, I, I just remember seeing his aid bag. So for those that don't know, like if you're not military, you don't know, but the medics carry this big-ass bag. Um, It's like, you know, it has all their, their gear that they need in order to fucking, you know, the first aid shit. And um, there was that's all that was left in the middle of the street when the smoke cleared up. And, you know, like, fuck, at that point right there, I'm not going to lie to you. That's where I, I, I freaked out. And I don't mean I freaked out like, oh, my God, what's going on? I kind of froze. All right. I kind of fucking froze because I was thinking, fuck, daisy chain. They were telling us about these things out there, you know, like they have um they the the enemy, you know, the Iraqis, the whatever the insurgents, they studied us. They knew what our TTPs would be, our SOPs were. They they knew how to set up secondary um IEDs. So I'm thinking, fuck, what if there's one right here? You know, we're fucking gone, we're done. 
But uh, luckily, Keys, the gunner that I told you that um, that I was with, he's looking at me. He doesn't know my name. He just knows that I'm going to be a gunner for the next vehicle. And he's like, hey, gunner, gunner. And um, I snapped out of it. I looked at him and he's like, relax, gain your composure, relax. And then fucking I, I relaxed a little bit. I kind of got to myself. And um, that's when he, I saw the LT. You know, and he's on the hand mic, and um, and he's calling up the what's going on, you know, and that's when I heard him say, "We got uh two KIA right now," and he's sending up the fucking um the report, and I kept hearing like Lopez is gone. Now, my last name is Lopez. We had Sergeant E five Lopez and Sergeant E six Lopez. So when I heard Lopez is gone for a split fucking second, y'all, as stupid as it's going to sound, I thought he was talking about me, especially after the secondary explosion went off because it was that close. You know what I mean? So luckily, I came back to normal and. um, And uh, the Gunner Velasquez or Vasquez, I'm just going to call him Gunner V. Gunner V, you know, um, I think he sat to the side. Then I saw the the driver. I can't remember his name, but he had like a cut on his head, bandaged that up, and he had a camera. He was taking pictures. I remember that he was taking pictures. And um, by that time, I think we had another medic that had showed up, and he was trying to help out uh Sergeant E five Lopez. And um, again, all this has happened simultaneously, y'all. All this is happening in less than fucking two minutes. It's all going down like this. And the PL is calling up and he looks around and we're looking around and on the overpass, there's like, you know, the exit ramp and the entrance ramps. Well, the fucking traffic there is stopped. They're all stopped. And all the Hajis are outside their motherfucking vehicles. And I bullshit you not. They're up there fucking like cheering and clapping and fucking celebrating while we're over here. Fighting for we don't know what the fuck. I mean, it's chaotic. All I'm telling you, it's fucking chaotic at the time. And the PL said, fuck it, light them up. Keys let that 240 Bravo rock. M16. And then uh, Keys said, cease fire, cease fire, cease fire. Or somebody called cease fire. I remember cease fire, so we stopped cease firing. All right, cool. After that, uh, Smoke Polonese was his name. Smoke Polonese was, uh, I went over to see what I can do, and he's like, go find me a fucking litter. So, you know, I turn around, and I start looking for a litter to, uh, you know, for, for Sergeant Lopez. Um, again, I'm looking around. This is where your training kicks in, y'all, all right? Because this is where your training has to kick in, and you have to have trust in the other men around you that they're taking care of business because at this time I'm trying to focus to see what's around me. And at the same time, looking for a litter. So, but I didn't have that time. I needed to focus and find that fucking litter and trust that everybody else around me is pulling security, pulling guard. You have to have that trust in those people there. I remember seeing the Bradley come in. I remember seeing a tank come in. They were like a QRF I'm assuming. And then when I heard the bird overhead, like the Apache, I felt a lot better, but um, as I go and get the fucking litter, it's broken. I go to another Humvee, 
pull the litter off, it's inoperable. No good. When I finally find a litter that's good, I take it to smoke Polonese. He's like, man, throw that shit away. He's already gone. And um, that's where I, I saw that, you know, he had taken his last breath. Sergeant Lopez, you know, lost his life that day right there. And so did Doc Walker. Doc Walker's was instant. Instant. Sergeant Lopez, E5. That one, that was tough to see. And, you know, um, so uh, let's continue. So uh, watching uh, watching Sergeant Lopez taking his last breath as he bled out while I was trying to turn to cut the gunner who was covered black from the blast, turning and yelling, Doc, okay, uh, to assist with the wounded. Seeing Doc Walker take a few steps and then disappearing when the secondary went off, only to see his aid bag as the only thing left in the middle of the street. The yells from the gunner who was uh, asking me to help him as he was bleeding from his left arm. Um, it looked like a stream or of river water. That's what I meant to put on there. There was a tank and a Bradley that would show up as the Apache right, right cover. The Hodges on the entrance and exit ramps were shouting with joy, celebrating that our convoy was hit. The PL looked around as he was gathering the info and calling higher. He then said, fuck them, light them up. Was there small arms? I don't know. It was chaotic. I don't know. I don't know if anybody was firing at us. I'm assuming so, uh, because, hey, we got the order. Let's roll. Let's fire. You know, and um, once it started lighting up, I started lighting up. It is what it is. Anywho. But as the gunner started to let the two, uh, 240 speak and me, the M16, follow suit, they stopped cheering and celebrating then. Yeah, they did. They stopped cheering then. I remember seeing those motherfuckers duck. I didn't give two fucks about them. I didn't. I really fucking didn't. At that point in time, they can go fuck themselves, all of them. Fuck, I wish I would have had a goddamn, um, I should have put in a goddamn gold tip because I had a 203. That's what I should have fucking done. Hindsight being 2020, right? They stopped cheering and celebrating. The Black Hawk came in and landed near the north side of the entrance ramp. So the Black Hawk came down, you know, came landed. And, um, they they needed some folks to go pull security on the other side of the road on the other side of the overpass. And um so like Lopez, go with them. And I didn't have a problem. Like, you know, soldiers are soldiers, but they weren't from my unit. They weren't from 277. They were all 176 guys. So I just took off with them. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm going with my M16. We'll go across the road. And I'm fucking shitting bricks now because the streets of Baghdad were fucking littered with rubble, rubble and fucking trash, all right? So any step you take could be your last fucking step, especially after we already had a secondary go off. Who's to say there's not a fucking another goddamn IED hidden somewhere? You know what I mean? Especially on, over here on this fucking field where we're going next to this goddamn hall or where these goddamn houses were. 
So we get there and um, providing security, the Birdlands, and um, there was this fucking hole. I remember seeing there was like this fucking hole, like a trench near where I was walking, and they had put kicked out a Humvee over there to where the um, the the bird had landed. And I asked the gunner up there, like, hey, is there anything inside that fucking hole? And he's like, what? And I'm like, is there anything inside that motherfucking hole? He's like, no, nah, get over on the other side. Like, check that fucking hole. I might be a fucking PFC, but I'm not fucking stupid. You know what I'm saying? I, at that time, yeah, I, I forgot I was a PFC. You know, I'm talking to you. Clear that shit for me. You're an E4. I get it. I respect your rank. But motherfucker, you better let me know if there's something in there or not. Anyways, he cleared it out. There was nothing in there. So I went over there by there. And I just stood my ground, just keeping an eye. And that's when I saw um, the litter coming with the body bag. And um, that's where they had Doc Walker or what was found of Doc Walker. Again, I apologize. I'm not trying to fucking be um, disrespectful. But these are the realities that a lot of us had to fucking live through. All right. When I hear motherfucker, I'm not even going to go there right now. I'm not going to go there. So what was found of Doc Walker was placed in that body bag and taken in. And um, then they got the call that the bird had to leave because of um, imminent threat of some kind of fucking like indirect fire or some shit. So something like that was the was what the call came down as. And um, at that time, I saw Sergeant Eldridge. Uh, he was a Hawaiian dude. Really cool dude. And um, was it Eldridge or Etheridge? Etheridge? There, we had an Eldridge and an Etheridge. I can't remember which one he was, but it was the Hawaiian dude. Uh, rest in peace, by the way. Um, he uh, he grabbed me. He pulled me up. He's like, come on, Lopez. Let's go on the other side. I'm like, all right, cool. So we went back over to pull security over there where Sergeant Lopez was. And um, Sergeant Lopez was right there. <laughs> and um, he, Sergeant Etheridge, or now I got to figure out what he was, man. Give me a second here. His name was Keith. Keith Etheridge or Keith Eldridge? Y'all got to forgive me here, dog, because it's going to bother me if I don't figure this one out. Uh, Keith. Is it Aldrich? God damn it. Somebody knows. I, I can't remember. Somebody will correct me. I mean, it's just because we had an Eldridge and an Etheridge. And I can't remember which one he was. My bad. No disrespect. We'll just say Keith. And um, he um he put me to pull security towards the other overpass. So I'm right there, and um, I never put my selector switch back from semi to safe after the pew pews. So I'm just walking around, and I got my weapon over here, and I see this little kid walking. He had a backpack on, and um. They kept telling us, they kept telling us uh, during our training to head out that way that, you know, um, be cautious because they use anything to 
get y'all hurt, killed. So putting a kid with a backpack full of um, explosives wouldn't be something out of the norm. All right. There was a different time out there during a different deployment that uh, they used um, a mentally disabled person strapped up with a fucking suicide vest and had him walk into a market and just detonated him. So this wouldn't be something out of the norm for them. So I kept telling the kid, like, MC, MC, Ishta, Ishta, you know, like, telling him to go the fuck away, and he wasn't turning around. So I started drawing down on him, and I had a fucking, you know, and I hate to say it, but this little kid was about maybe like seven or eight years old. He's school age, you know what I'm saying? And um, he, I had a center mass, and my finger was on the trigger. And then, um, Sergeant Eldridge Etheridge, can't remember which one he was, comes by and he yells at the kid, like, you know, and the kid, like, I don't know, he just finally turned around. He got his attention and turned around and he walked away. And then he came and just click, changed my uh, selector back to safe. Didn't say nothing much after that. Um, but I'm happy that he did that because I don't know how much any more steps before I would have popped that little kid. From there, um, they were like, all right, we got to get a body bag. We grabbed the body bag, unfolded it. And um, we placed uh, Sergeant Lopez inside the body bag and zipped it up. I still remember seeing him. I still... That wound is something I'll... It was rough, y'all. It was rough. I've seen people die out there in the streets of L.A. Gunshots. You know. Nothing. Nothing ever prepared me for this. We put, um, they told us to go ahead and put the body inside that body bag right there. And then we put it in there. We zipped it up and we placed the body inside the Humvee. Um, kind of like at an angle and um from there um headed off back to the cache mission was canceled obviously we all turned back around and um that was my first mission um I remember uh, one of the first people I saw when I was coming back in was uh, my boy Moya. And Moya was like, hey, fool, you, you all right? I was like, I don't remember what I responded, honestly. I don't know what I responded. From um, from there, well, let's see what I wrote. Um, the call was made. That we were to place uh, place him in the Humvee and take him to the cache. I still remember seeing his wound. I remember the cries of Staff Sergeant Lopez, not the vayas, not the vayas. Myself and a few other unfolded the black body bag and we placed him in. I recall holding his head as we placed the body bag in the gun truck. I do remember that so bad. Like I was on the, I was on his left side, towards the head, and we had to pick him up and we had to like kind of like angle him. To put him into the Humvee. The, for those who've never been in a Humvee, it's not that fucking comfortable in there. 
or big. You know what I mean? So it was just it was placed in there awkward. But out of respect, I still wanted to place his head, you know, as stupid as it sounds, comfortably. All right. It just sounds stupid. But and I just remember lifting it. And anyway, I recall holding his head as we placed his body bag and the gun truck. This was my first time ever going out of the wire. My first mission, the day that I regretted ever asking to see what war looked like. It was also the last mission that Doc Walker and Sergeant Lopez were supposed to be on. This would have they would have been flying home in a few days. And um, I wrote they would have been flying home on their own too, instead of carried by six. And like I said, I, there's a lot of typos on this shit. Um, I should have reread it, but um. We got back and, you know, that's the realities of war, y'all. That's the realities of fucking war. That was January 5th, 2006. We ended up getting uh, combat action badges for that day. And um, Sergeant Campos uh, was actually wounded that day. So was Stuck. Stuck was wounded that day. Uh, smoke Polonese, not smoke Polonese. There were a lot of wounded that day, a lot. Um, because the secondary that went off, the one that killed uh, Doc Walker, it peppered the driver of I want to say it was the fourth vehicle and some of the people that were inside that vehicle. Um, that was um, that day, dude. I'll tell you what. I hate the fact that we had to go through that that day. I hate that um, that we lost those lives that day. I really do. I, um, but if that hadn't happened, I don't know how complacent I would have been on the missions that we were on for the rest of the year, you know. Um, as I think about it, you know, um, Doc Walker running in front of that um, that secondary possibly saved, more than likely saved the lives of those in that Humvee. So that Humvee would have hit or moved closer. The array that was in there would have taken those out inside that Humvee. The, there's no doubt in my mind. Thinking about it, hindsight being 2020, the first time I'm thinking about this. Those in that Humvee would have possibly been killed. So what an EFP does, that copper projectile forms into a fucking slug. All right. And. I don't care how much fucking armor you have. It's going to punch right through it. It has enough to go through one side. Sometimes it'll punch through the other side. But sometimes it bounces and ricochets all inside the fucking Humvee. Playing fucking pinball in there. So, anywho, um, his death possibly saved the lives of more folks or more soldiers. 
And it sucks because they were leaving. That's what fucking stuck with me, that they were getting ready to leave and they were so complacent. And that set up the rest of my deployment. From that point on, you know, I knew I needed to stay on my fucking P's and Q's on every fucking mission. On every fucking mission. I I knew that I needed to be ready to fucking roll no matter what, you know? And, um, it sucks, man. It, those, you know, I just think about, like, the families of Doc Walker and Sergeant Lopez, how they had just celebrated the New Year, they had just celebrated Christmas, and were getting there. What plans did they already have, you know, um, as soon as they got home? for their um their block leave you know what plans did they have already that were left unfulfilled now it sucks dude and i i have survivor's guilt is what i was told um by by the shrink you know, along with the PTSD. It took me a long time to accept that I that I had it. I don't like to talk about it very often because honestly, there's people out there who try to use it as a, like a woe is me. You know what I mean? Or they want to get like some kind of fucking attaboy for it. I don't know. But I just think that I I wonder, like, you know, I just really hope that I could do better, you know, um, for these people. And, um, it, uh, it, I don't know, y'all. I think I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to leave it there. So before I go, I want to look up. Sergeant. Out of respect for them. I want to go ahead and just uh, do something real quick. All right. Just bear with me here. All right, so what the hell that does? What the hell? I hate when I do this type of shit, man. I'm trying to find so let's all know. I'm just trying to find some information here. Wait, what? Dude, I didn't even know they had this. (sighs) 
All right, so give me one second, y'all. Just uh, I appreciate y'all bearing with me here. Um, I promise. I'm just trying to find something that I want to share with you all. You know, when I went to um, when I was stationed at uh, at Third ID, they have what um they have like a a tree like a, a walk where you go where they have trees for all their fallen. And um, so I went to pay my respects there as well to uh, Sergeant Lopez and to, um, it's called the Warriors Walk. That's what it is. And uh, I went there to pay my respects to, to Doc Walker and, and Sergeant Lopez. And I'm just trying to find, I just want to read their, their bio, you know what I mean? Out of respect for them, so. All right, so let me go ahead and share this real quick. All right, so uh, Army Sergeant Jason Lopez Reyes died January 5th, 2006, serving during Operation Iraqi Freedom. So Sergeant Lopez was 29 of Atillo, Puerto Rico, Assigned to the 1st Battalion, 76th Field Artillery Regiment, 4th Brigade Combat Team, 3rd Infantry Division, Fort Stewart, Georgia. Killed January 5th when improvised explosive device detonated near his Humvee during convoy operations in Baghdad. Also killed with Specialist Ryan Walker. So I'd like to find, sorry, uh, I want to go ahead and get Walker's. I appreciate y'all here being with me, man. Anyways, if y'all haven't done so, man, your first time here, do me a favor. Just hit that subscribe if you guys are down uh, clowning around with me. Normally, it doesn't go like this. Today's just one of those days, uh, you know, that I just, um, it's just one of those days, you know? So, Ryan Walker... You know, it's a trip. Um, when I was getting separated from the army for my med board, um, I met one of the uh, officers that knew him. So, anywho, um, he that knew Doc Walker, and uh, because of that, he was able to assist me with um the ptsd diagnosis that i didn't know that i had anyways army specialist ryan d walker 25 slayton oregon assigned to the first battalion 76 field artillery regiment first battalion 76 field artillery regiment fourth brigade combat team third infantry division fort stewart georgia killed january 5th when an improvised explosive device detonated near his Humvee uh, during convoy operations in Baghdad. It didn't detonate near his Humvee. It detonated near him. He took the blast, the majority of the blast that the Humvee would have taken. So Doc Walker, Sergeant Ray is rest in peace, gentlemen. Your memory will live on 
And um, that's all I have for y'all today, y'all. With that said, man, I hope that this was a, I know this was normally a different one. If y'all stuck with me through the whole thing, I appreciate y'all, man. Um, That's all I got for y'all today. I'll try to come back with like a reaction or something, uh, maybe tomorrow or, but today's just not the day for me. So with that said, y'all have a good one, man. Rounds complete and a mission and a gun line out. Deuces.